Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, you're listening to the Five Minute Talk Show with Phil Iazetta. We're bringing you today's best comedy and entertainment personalities. Now, your host, Phil Iazetta. On the hotline, Mr. Sean Kanan. You know this guy, Bold and the Beautiful, General Hospital. Of course, uh, A.J. Quartermain, part of that Quartermain family. Not that I watch uh, soap operas or anything like that, Sean. And of course not. Who could ever forget Mike Barnes, Karate Kid 3. Now, right. what was it like to play the most hated man in that Karate Kid uh, trilogy back then? Because you, you really made Johnny look like a, a wimp. You know, i got to tell you something. I had spent the first two films in the audience as a fan, and my martial arts teacher was actually Pat Morita's stunt double. Oh and uh, and he said to me, he said, uh, Sean, uh, they're going to do open call. And I'm like, wow, so he knows what an open call is. And he said, go out there and, and wait in line with all these people and see if they pick you. And I went out, uh, I went out to an open call. There must have been close to 1,500 people. And John Abelson, who had directed Rocky, was walking up this line. And uh, he stopped, and I did a quick improv with him. And he said, I believe that. And he sent me inside, and the next thing I knew, I was screen testing with Ralph Macchio, and they promptly proceeded to hire someone else. And uh, I guess that guy didn't work out, and they remembered me, and they called me. And so I went from being like this guy who had seen the first two movies in the theaters to being the guy that was up on the screen. Let me stop you there, because when you get selected for a part like that, I mean, yeah. your family, first of all, your friends, do you do you even tell your friends, or is it just something you keep to your family? Because that's life-changing. You know, it really was, it really was life-changing, um, and it happened so quickly. I mean, I, I went to the studio, and in the course of like a day, I was thrown through, you know, wardrobe and started auditioning because they had fired this other guy. Right. And so they, they had already, you know, started their production, you know, right. Production, yeah. right. And so they desperately were hoping that I was going to work out. And, uh, yeah, I, I called my parents, and I said, I think I just realized why I came out here and what's going on. And it, it, it really did change my life. Now, you're um, coming out from, at that point, you were in, what, uh, were you in Pennsylvania? Were you in Ohio? I was, I had been going to school at Boston University, okay. and I had decided if I was really going to become an actor, I needed to either go to New York or L.A., and I figured, you know what, if I'm broke, at least I won't freeze in L.A., so I came out here, <laughs> and um, um, I, yeah, I was like, uh, I was still going home to Pennsylvania on my vacations, but going to school in Boston, I just transferred out to UCLA, and I think I was... It was like 1988, so I must have been like 19 years old. Well, so at that point, though, I mean, you're thinking to yourself, the UCLA, UCLA never had a chance at that point. Now, I, 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 I don't <laughs> no, know. No, I graduated. I graduated. What, really? I did. I, I swear, you know, and it was really hard because I was completely uninvolved with any sort of social life at school because I was, you know, I was becoming very quickly a working actor. Sure. And my dad is like this kind of captain of industry Ivy League guy, and he's like, I don't, I don't care what you do, you're finishing college, and I did it somehow. I don't know. I charmed, cajoled. Right. How many? How many years did it take you? Um, it took me, I think, about an extra year because I'm I graduated high school That's in '85. That's phenomenal. And, yeah, and I, yeah, I think it took me an extra because you know what happened is I would start taking a class, I'd get an acting job, right, and then and then it would go to an incomplete. And then I have to retake it. Yep. But I finally figured it out. Well, tell me, please. 
Well, no, I just, I mean, I figured out that I was, I was, you know, I was knocking my credits off uh, slowly but surely, and then one day it just kind of resonated with me that I was going to graduate uh, this quarter semester. I don't remember which it was, and I graduated. And it was like one of the biggest gifts my parents ever gave me because left to my own devices, I, I probably would not have finished college. So I got my my degree in political science, which is thoroughly useless, by the way, unless you want to be somewhat <laughs> controversial at a cocktail party. But it really, there's not a whole lot uh, you can do with that unless you're going to run for politics. It's time for Bob Zaney in this week's Zaney Report. It's time for the Zany Report, uh, brought to you by BobZany.com. Singer Kelly Clarkson had her appendix removed after hosting the Billboard Music Awards. It coincided with the re-release of her hit CD, Breakaway. Springfield, Michigan, 10 fruit trees meant to be planted to celebrate Earth Day were stolen. Officials say whoever stole them is a giant Uranus. And finally, in Boston, Massachusetts, after someone posted on social media that they saw an apparition at a Market Basket grocery store. A spokesperson said, as far as we know, all our stores are ghost-free. It's just our prices that will scare the crap out of you. And there you have it on the Twitter, at Bob Zaney, Zaney Bob on the Instagram. Bay, bay. And welcome back to the 5-Minute Talk Show. The voice you're right. listening to, that of Sean Kanan. You know him from the bold and the beautiful, of course, as Deacon. And then General Hospital, A.J. Quartermain, Karate Kid, which we just talked about, Mike Barnes, one of the best villains in that in that whole series. Now, for me, as a child actor, for you to get a role like that, right. you, you said it's life-changing. You go to L.A., you're, you're now filming with a guy like Ralph Macchio. You had to think past that. Like, were you thinking, all right, Karate Kid, pro- probably one of the biggest franchises of its time. What were some of the things? Now, you, you don't have to share me. You don't have to share me if you don't want to, but... What were some of the crazy things that you bought? Did you buy leather pants, the car? Oh, I had leather pants. Like, oh, yeah. I had leather pants. <laughs> I had them in black and brown. Had them in black and brown. And let me tell you no, what, you... I, I rocked the crap out of those things. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, um, so, so how much money did you blow right away, and what was the biggest I, I, mistake? I didn't, I didn't because they paid me crap. <laughs> I, made, I made what to a lot of people is still, it sounds like a lot of money, but in right. Hollywood is very little money. I, I think I was making like, I think I made like $4,000 a week, which I, I guess is a lot of money for a lot of people. But you got to remember something. I almost died making that movie. I did all my own stunts. I remember. And they had me do this stunt, which was like really innocuous and simple. And I had to stand in one place and throw myself a few feet onto the floor and and land like Mr. Miyagi had thrown me through a window. And then they were going to take another piece of film and put it together so it looks like I'm getting thrown through the doors of the dojo. Well, I did it again and again and again. And it turned out that I, I perforated uh, a part of my intestine. Right. And so we, we broke for about a week. And being the young guy that I was with a little money in my pocket, I decided I wanted to go to Vegas. Of course. And so I drove to Vegas with a then-girlfriend. And we got there, and I was like, wow, I'm having a lot of pain in my leg. And I thought it was from all the karate. So I'm taking fistfuls of aspirin, which just oh. exacerbated the internal bleeding that I had. Mm-hmm. And I was in a casino, and I passed out, and they said, um, he's dying. We have to we have to operate on him immediately. And my poor parents had to fly out from the East Coast. None of this, by the way, is funny or comedic that I'm telling you. No, but, but uh, it was it's, like it's really just, serious. It's so, amazing uh, to me though, because a guy with your looks, let's be honest, at that age making four grand a week, I mean, you're lucky to be alive for many reasons. For for many reasons. 
But no, no. I mean, I, I really am lucky to be alive. I mean, they told me, they said, listen, we don't know if we can save your life. And I'll never forget it was this, this really, you know, pretty sort of, you know, uh, a nurse that reminded me somewhat of like, you know, an aunt or something. And she's like, yeah, we don't, we don't know. You're going to have to sign this paper. And I was like, I'm, I'm 19 years old. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm doing a, a martial arts movie. And you guys are telling me that I may not live. Right. I said, when do you have to operate? Like Monday? And they were like, no, like it's 15 minutes. And um, uh, they did the operation, and uh, the doctor saved my life. And then I got a call from the studio, and they were basically like, you come back to work in five days, or we're going we're gonna to have to recast the part. And I had been filming for about two weeks, so they had just enough of me on camera that I think it didn't make sense for them to get rid of me. Right. But I, I went back, and I, I started training with a guy from the NFL to get back in shape. And I wound up doing every single one of my own stunts in that movie, with the exception of one stunt that involved a car crossing train tracks in front of a train. I felt like that one I could I could probably hand that over to a stuntman. So I'm I'm kind of proud of that movie in the sense that you know for me it was it really was kind of life or death. Now, Sean, what year was that? 1988, right? I think it was like 88 or 89. I think it was 88 and then it came out in 89. Now imagine that same situation with like, let's say a young up and coming actor today. You think that movie ever would have gotten finished? You think that ever would have happened the way that you just explained it? I don't. Boy, I don't know. I don't know. Um, You would have been on TMZ. You would have been, (laughs) you know, Hollywood's bad boy. I mean, it's just such a different time now. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think now, uh, you know, it, movies are so expensive to make, and the time is so valuable. There really is just no time for anybody that's causing any problems of any kind, whether intentional or unintentional. And that certainly was unintentional in, you know, in, in my uh, in my case. Uh, and I certainly have caused some intentional problems. So let's not lie about that. But um, yeah, I think now they would probably have just moved on. I'm telling you what, though, it's all these experiences with the background of loving comedy. Now, I just can't wait to see your show because anyone who knows anything about comedy knows you really have to go through some time, some kind of suffering, some kind of pain right, right. to be funny. I, I don't care you know, who you are. You look at the best Richard Pryor. I mean, right there, sure. case in point, Lenny Bruce, the best yeah. of the best. Right. Well, you know what? Um, uh, the woman that I married, who I'm terribly in love with, has four children. So I know pain. Uh, more than you know, um, you know when I got when I got married, I was I was this single guy living in a swank bachelor pad, and I just happened to meet a woman who had four kids and fell head over heels in love, and suddenly I'm like stepdad to four kids plus my daughter, and you know there's a learning curve to that. I mean, I remember I was, I was talking to her son, and I said, "Listen, I I don't have unrealistic expectations. I don't expect you to call me daddy right away. It took your mother a month, so you know we'll work through this stuff." So. You know, I've been uh, I've been working trying to be a, a stepdad to these kids, and uh, this stuff kind of writes itself. Yeah, but I can understand maybe one, maybe two, but now five kids total. Yeah, I mean, I have I have one, and she has four. So luckily, two of them are in college now, so they're pretty they're pretty autonomous. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. You're still responsible for them, Sean. But, I'm going to start praying for you right now because I, I don't think you're going to have much time to ever come to Vegas. Well, the thing I didn't tell you is that most of them are girls. She's got two 15-year-old <laughs> twins. And the thing about twins is when, you know, you know, when you're a single guy and you hear twins, you have a very different oh, mental yeah. image of twins than when you're, you're getting married to a woman who has twins. All I can say is, have you seen The Shining? 
I'll leave it at that. And all I can say is God has a funny way of just kind of getting even with people, don't they? Oh, oh. <laughs> you, now you're selling my dad. That's what my dad said. He said, for all of your, for all of your, uh, your evil ways back when you were single, he said, this is God evening the score. You don't have to. Have to learn how to treat these girls properly and, and raise them and all that stuff. The, the universe, it's, it's funny that way, the way that just kind of happens. But Sean Kanan, if, if you could check him out, I'm sure you're going to hear more about the family because now I, between the Vegas story, all the Karate <laughs> Kids stuff, and we didn't even talk about the soap operas, a lot more of you to come in the future, I sh- I'm sure. Take care, man. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the 5-Minute Talk Show. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and keep listening at 5MinuteTalkShow.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.